Okay, ready? Yes. So, Emily, we are live for our podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself and tell us about yourself? Good morning, ladies. Welcome to Wake Up Wednesday. I am Emily Farabot, and I am a certified life coach and a PhD in Tucson, Arizona. I'm sitting here with my fabulous co-host, Jamie, and we are here to talk about mental health on a more positive, upbeat, and personal level. Awesome. I'm Jamie. I am a confidence coach in uh, Tombstone, Arizona, with a background in mental health, um, where I help women guide into um, more confident versions of themselves. Um, we are really excited to be launching our, our second podcast here. Um, you want to do our disclaimer in the beginning, Emily, and then we'll kind of launch yes. into our topic. For um, public service announcement, this is our podcast is not considered advice, nor is it a substitute for therapy or any sort of uh, medical recommendations. So this is completely open discussion and you can take it or leave it however you wish. So thank you so much for joining us. Mm. Um, so our podcast does not replace um, the need for therapy. So if you're having any trauma-induced um, issues, we always suggest that. Um, but this is a positive atmosphere to be able to cultivate more confidence and definitely be able to find more life purpose, which I think we're all we're all needing of. Um, so our last our last podcast, we talked about how confidence and purpose relate to one another. Do you want to recap on any of that, Emily? Um, basically just in the sense that when you have more confidence, you feel like you have more direction towards your purpose. And it also cycles the other direction when you feel like you have purpose, you feel like it builds you that confidence so that we have the motivation to keep moving forward. So what Jamie and I both like to do is try to help you harness that so you can figure out which direction you're going. And you can focus on self-care and taking care of yourself as well as everyone around you with this understanding of a better direction yeah um so what do you help clients with clients with finding their direction um when my clients are feeling stuck when they're overwhelmed with big changes in their lives i support them by creating a safe space to brainstorm assess vulnerabilities and overcome any challenges that they might have i particularly enjoy working with adolescents young adults um because they're really in those formidable ages and are a lot more ready to take on those possibilities. Um, not to mention the younger you are, the more time you have, at least in most cases. So we just, I just provide that, that guide. So what I like to say is that you're driving the bus or my client is driving the bus and I'm simply the GPS. You can awesome. ignore the GPS or I can tell you to recalculate. But ultimately, it's all up to your choices. So that's what we do at Celestial Mind Coaching. Awesome. So feeling like you have a life, life trajectory or a path, um, what do you mm -hmm. feel like that does for individuals? I think once you realize that you have a direction that you want to go, you start getting more excited because you feel less stuck. You're like, hey, yeah. I now know where I'm going. I know what to put my energy into. I know what to focus on. And then we come up with magical steps that are very much involving emotional uh, relevance to each step towards making that goal. Because the entire purpose of coaching is to unlock that potential mindset to be successful. 
to be productive, to streamline your ambitions. I always feel like we're here anyways. We might as well make the most of it and kind of not knowing where we're going. Um, it, it makes it kind of hard at times. You're just like, um, for me personally, like I, if I don't have, and I don't want to say being rigid with things. I think we need to have some buffer room and re- be able to reevaluate, but definitely having a, like a loose fitting, like this is kind of where I like a trajectory where I want to be in five years, where I want to be in three years. These are things I would like to get better at or progress in or um, develop. Um, so for me, it's actually helped with my depression or my natural anxiety um, because I'm not guessing it takes out the guesswork. And so that I'm just like, okay, I'm on, I'm on path or no, I need a, I need to um, kind of figure out like numbers here or I need to figure out like, oh, I'm a little bit behind. Like it's, it's fine. There's no shame in that and everything, but being able to say, okay, this isn't working or this is causing stress. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so how has that helped you? Um, it depends on what the stress is. If it's a matter of trying to multitask and focus on yourself when you're a busy mom or you have other things going on, it can be really hard to figure out what those priorities are. And so sitting down with somebody and kind of looking at all those priorities and, re- and realizing which ones come first can really help somebody just kind of get out of that, again, stuck phase so they can move forward. Well, I think too, when we um, are personally involved, it's so easy to get, we're so close to the situation and the outcomes. I know for me in my own life, I've had to step back from a couple um, commitments and say, one, am I willing to do this? And why am I doing this? Like I had to reevaluate, like, was I doing this for validation or attention or to feel like I was uh, successful or good enough? And if the reason wasn't helpful I had to say okay this isn't for me like it's not getting it's not I'm not doing it for the right reasons therefore um I'm kind of almost self-sabotaging myself but also adding more stress to my life for no reason yes that's very true too we do try to take on a lot and especially when you have you wear multiple hats you're going to tend to overcommit to certain things and I'm a victim of this myself because I like to be there for a lot of people. And my husband is the one that's like, hey, do we really need to go to this many birthday parties this weekend? And you really got to sit back and go, okay, where is my self-care in all of this? What am I doing to take care of me? And do I have all this extra energy to give to other people? Yeah, kind of too, like stepping out of the guilt factor, almost like we feel like obligated to do things or... Um, that we have to show up in certain aspects of our lives. And I think when you have somebody like a life coach, um, it's definitely easier to, the one, they don't have that personal attachment to it because they're not involved. They're just like, they don't have any personal feelings if you do something or don't do something, right? And then they're able to give you kind of more an objective viewpoint of the whole situation versus like how close you are to to it and then how you feel like other others will perceive you if you don't show up for these things. like it takes the factor of the guilt out. And I think for me, at least it's, um, it's interesting with clients. I'm like, it's things that, well, I've, I've done coaching. I mean, I have focused on my own coach and everything like that and having that for me, because sometimes I have to have that reevaluation is like, why am I doing this? And then like some things that, that she'll say, or another coach I have as a male and 
some things that they, they will say, I'm like, I didn't think of it that way. So thank you for helping me reframe the situation because I was too close to it, right? I was too personally attached. I had too many outcomes that directly affected me. Therefore, I didn't see so-and-so's role in this situation, or I, I wasn't able to step back fully. And so because you don't have a personal attachment to it, um, I think it's a lot easier to give advice to people or to help guide them when you're not personally attached to the situation. How do you feel about that? I think it's really interesting when you aren't personally attached to the situation. It's it's where that guilt kind of comes in because you don't want to let anyone down. But at the same time, it still comes down to is this necessary? Who's going to notice? Do they really care? I mean, well, that ends up benefiting you. Like, if it's not benefiting you, like, why are you doing it? Right? I'm stressed out about so many things about what other people see. And truthfully, at the end of the day, the only one you have to answer to is yourself. Yeah, I recently had a conversation with a pretty prominent business owner. Um, in this area for that. This is another hat I wear as a PTO president. And I was talking, I mean, as a business owner, who is going to get his support is somebody who gives benefit to his business, right? If it's not benefiting him, he's given like so many requests per month or whatever. And if it's not directly benefiting him, why, why would we do that? And it was weird because some people would think that's selfish. And I'm just like, no, it's not. It's self-preservation at this point because if he's given in like as and let's directly reflect this to ourselves if we're given all our energy everywhere else and we're not being filled up in a way or we, we don't feel like we're useful or we're validated in that experience we're kind of taking from our own cup for people who don't appreciate it mm -hmm. right and so does this fill me up as well because we can serve other people and they give back to ourselves, and that is not selfish that is self-care right. it is self-care and it is very important to figure out, you know, who does pour into you. Mm -hmm. That's really important that a lot of people will pour themselves out to the point where they're literally pouring out Defeated. of an empty cup yeah. and try to get what, you know, the expression can't get blood out of a turner. Well, that, and I've noticed when we're depleted, we show up drastically different. Like if I'm coming from a place of desperation and trying to be like, trying to desperately fill my, my own cup and get that validation from other people, I'm showing up desperate. Therefore, I'm not able to positively impact the people around me anymore because I'm so depleted myself. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? That's, that's very true. And there are plenty of times where you just wear yourself out. And then after a minute, you're like, okay, how do I, re how do I replenish? What do I need to do? And that's absolutely necessary. And a lot of times we just, we feel bad that we have limits and it's not, unhealthy. it's very healthy to have boundaries. Sometimes it's really hard to figure out what those boundaries are, but once you do, it's really important to focus on them. Oh yeah. I think there's, I, to me, I always tell my clients like boundaries literally allow healthy relationships without boundaries. You cannot have a healthy relationship. Um, and it's, mm -hmm. And it goes twofold for that person and yourself, like honor their boundaries, even if they're not willing to look at it. And I think too, standing up for your own boundaries and saying, okay, does this positively impact me or negatively impact me? And then having that conversation with these people that gives them the example of being able to set their own boundaries and say, okay, it is not selfish to have limits. It's not selfish to say, I can't give any more of myself right now because it's not healthy for me. Right. Mm -hmm. How has um, 
creating boundaries with your clients instead of that or in your own personal life or helping clients create boundaries? How does that help you? Um, I would say there's a, it's, it's a loaded question to be honest, because everybody has different boundaries and it really comes down to what is it that they're protecting? Are they protecting themselves because they're emotionally draining with this person? Mm-hmm. Are they overcommitting themselves? Do they feel like they're taking better care of somebody else because they have codependent traits? It really just depends. So in my personal life, I'm constantly trying to find things where I give enough so that that person feels like they are needed, wanted, and respected, mm-hmm. but I don't overcommit. And I set myself a boundary knowing how far it's going to go. So if I say I'm going to go, you know, clean up my kid's room, well, it's not really my job to clean their room, it's theirs, but I will help. So I'll do, you know, it, and then it will literally leave the other half of the room for them to pick up. Yeah, I so think I'm too. Contributing, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing it for them. I, I know this isn't what we were thinking for topics, but I think boundaries are so important. So kind of yeah, sharing really on have. that, right? It's really hard to have healthy relations. I mean, I don't know of any healthy relationships in my life without certain boundaries that I've had to set. So personally, a lot of people think that boundaries. I, I'm I'm not going to say everybody, but maybe some people have a misconception of what boundaries are. How would you explain a boundary? Uh, boundaries are imaginary lines where you don't want people to cross them. Mm-hmm. The problem is that there are multiple types of boundaries. Some of them are very obvious, like you've got these giant red flags and, hey, don't cross this line. But there are others that are considered invisible boundaries, which I like to compare to a bubble. You don't know what's there until you've already popped it. Yeah. So if you're having these communications or you're having discussions with clients or friends or family, and all of a sudden you notice their body language change, or you notice their tone of voice change, or you just, or they even just cut the conversation off completely, you can tell you've got a boundary. Yeah, and and they're triggered a little bit, something happened, right? Something changed. Right. I think too, like, for me, as I've learned to set my own boundaries, I am vastly more aware of others regardless if they're aware of it or not. Like I'm like through this, it didn't actually impact you. And then mm-hmm. is, is this a learning experience for us where we can navigate it and understand why, or is this something I have to back away from right now because it's not, we're not in a good place. Like you might not be able to talk about it and that's okay. And I need to honor you and just say, okay, maybe at a later date. Right. Or maybe not at all. Like that's, that's your agency and that's your choice. And I'm not going to, it's not my job to push it and help. And I think we do this meaningful. We try to help people, but if they're uncomfortable, they're going to resist it and cause a lot of friction in their own life and stress. And so that we can't help people unless they're wanting help. Absolutely. And that's the biggest change, the biggest difference with coaching and also with therapy. You really want to be ready and open to accept changes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people are not ready for that. So and it makes it harder for them yeah. to progress. And it's a slower process because you really need to meet somebody where they're at instead of where you want them to be. So let's kind of go over again. I know we touched a little bit on the last mm-hmm. podcast about the difference between counseling and coaching. What is your personal opinion on that? So my personal opinion on counseling versus coaching, counseling is really more a matter of digging up the past and figuring out what has developed in your life to create certain behaviors like when you have poor boundaries, did you have a person that made you feel like that was the way that taking care of somebody meant that you loved them? Mm-hmm. Did you? What was modeled for you, huh? Right. 
did you, what, how did you model this behavior? Because 90% of learning is by imitation. So therapy is really looking at, okay, how did my past mold me into who I am and how do I deal with it or reprogram it now? Whereas coaching is more focusing on who am I now? Where do I want to go with the person I am now? So working on goals, working on future aspirations, trying to figure out how to be the most comfortable in the person you are currently. Yeah, I feel like for me, therapy is, it's very useful and I'm, I'm never going to diss therapy. It helped me a lot in my own, my own self-development and then my education. Um, but for me, coaching is more positive transitional therapy. So it's like positive focus. It's like, okay, these things that, and without shame, like, I just, I feel like I've dropped a lot of the, like, I can't go in the past and change it. I don't have a damn time machine. Like, I mean, that would be cool if we could do the whole back to the future thing, but then I'm like, what's the repercussions of that? Right. (laughs) yeah what what could I (laughs) yeah I could be really more messed up than I am if I go back and change that right I think for me it's really allowed me to say okay I can't do that right and so I can't am I going to beat myself up thinking that mom should have been different or this this is unfair or am I going to say you know what what did I this already happened right I have to be here I'm on this earth all right I choose to be here I'm on this earth like I can make the most of what has happened to me and choose to take the lessons from it versus like wallowing and then how unfair life is like life is not fair sometimes. And can I learn from it or am I going to just let it like swallow me? Make sense? It does. And you're absolutely right. And it's what do you do with that? And that is called radical acceptance. And it's a hard process to get through, but it comes down to this really sucks. I accept that it's happening. What do I want to do about it? Yeah, because I think perception literally can change the damn outcome. And I'm like, if I'm not willing to step back and say, okay, I don't want this, but it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, like the room's a mess and you turn, you choose to turn the damn lights off just so you don't have to see it, right? And instead yes, I want, I want the lights on so I can it. clean it. Yeah, look, I want to clean it. I want to make, I want to make the most of the situation versus letting my whole world crumble around me. So what's my choice of perception here? How do I choose to look at the situation? Because it's happening anyways, regardless if I want want it to or not, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know for me, that perception shift, that choice in, you said radical acceptance? Yes. That choice in perception when you radically accept something, like that has made all the difference of the outcomes for me. Like, and I can, I can say situations in my life, like looking out at them is like, when I chose to have a negative Like, and I'm not saying toxic positivity, but like, I need to be able to be aware of how I feel and address it. But if I choose to look at the situation and say, okay, is this for my, how is this for my good? How is this for my betterment? Right. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I've, I mean, I've, I've told you, I've had people in my life. I don't like them. Right. I love, I genuinely can say that I love all individuals. I do hope the best for them. I think there's different types of love. I do hope the best for everyone. Even if I don't care, I don't like them as a person. Make sense. But looking at them and saying, okay, you choose to be this version of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to like it, right? That's my boundary. Absolutely. But what's the lesson here? I choose not to be like you, right? So sometimes people, sometimes situations are examples of what we don't want for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And so saying like, okay, what's the lesson here? Okay, these things are the outcome of their lifestyle. So maybe I shouldn't do those things. Maybe I shouldn't be this way. Maybe I should change my perception. What can I do differently here to get different results than they're getting? 
right? There you go. Yeah. Definition is insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah, but how many times do we do that, right? Like repetition, we're just like, oh, this will happen differently. No, it's going to happen. This, I mean, it's just science. <laughs> you drop a ball. Hope. Yeah. Hope that things are going to somehow the universe will start to align and things will work out. Yeah. Time. We'll and be some type of energy shift. <laughs> yeah so going back to that i know we're totally off the topic we decided but um that's why i like this is like it's what needs to be talked about i feel like um how do you feel like this applies to people and setting boundaries as if somebody chooses to be a certain way and they're not changing and you just keep beating yourself over the head like with the situation allowing them to hurt you or the situation to hurt you what do you need to do like that's where boundaries are, right? Correct. And unfortunately, you cannot control anyone else. The only thing you can do is change yourself, your outlook, your decisions, your journey. So if someone else is not changing and it's affecting your personal growth, then you need to make a decision as to whether or not that person is good to have in your life or what role they play. Because you may have a friend that has been there for you since day one and all of a sudden their priorities are very different than yours and mm -hmm. it's stopping you from growing because they don't agree with what you are doing for you and in that moment yep. you need to set a boundary of i need to focus on things for me regardless of how my friend feels about this yeah i know for me like recently like i have friends from high school who just kept choosing to like kind of not i mean no judgment they just choose to drink on the weekends and that wasn't something I was wanting to get smashed every weekend and lose my paycheck type thing <laughs> like and it was a it was a style I grew out of I never really was in it but um that's their choice right and so right. for me maybe that's something that like let's hypothetically like Cindy is a good friend to me but she does that every weekend. And if I don't enjoy that, why would I go do that with her on the weekends? Maybe we'll go to Costco and have a Costco trip, right? What can we, how can we still thrive in this relationship where it's at? But if her behavior is not healthy to me, why am I subjecting to myself to that? Like there's still parts of her I can love. There are still parts of her I can be friends with, but maybe that's not a, a part I need to be friends with, right? Correct. Yeah. And, and that's where you set your boundary. Like, yep. those limits you're not a bad friend you're just trying to reevaluate the situation so you can keep it in your life and still be mentally emotionally healthy exactly like so i think that's the best friend honestly like am i willing to say okay i don't agree with these aspects of this person um mm -hmm. i don't i don't align with that anymore um and i actually see where that might be causing this person pain instead of that but that's their choice so where can i meet them where they're at right there also needs to be a compromise so if they want to spend time with you, then you want to spend time with them, you'll figure out what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Yeah, and I mean. And will also figure out what am I willing to accept versus how am I going to cater to the needs of my friend. Oh, yeah. Like, don't lose yourself in this situation or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But let's say you guys still like 
like concerts or something like that and there's not really alcohol involved like can you meet meet your friend there like versus the other aspect you don't have to be involved 70 or 24 seven with a, a certain person you don't have to agree with that's this is something I, I i really feel like i've seen clients struggle with recently is they feel like they have to love and accept every aspect of a person um especially kind of being prominent in their like their religion and stuff like that it's like well they don't agree with that that's fine don't talk about politics then right like there's subjects you don't have there's things you don't have to do with that that person Absolutely. right one of my best friends is definitely completely politically opposite of me and we just don't talk about it because truthfully we've been friends since we were teenagers and politics didn't exist then so they don't need to exist now <laughs> well yeah and then like i think too for me i had to step back and say okay what role am i playing in this situation where i'm forgetting all their amazing qualities and things we did enjoy because i'm getting wrapped up on one situation where we don't agree right mm -hmm. Like I'm forgetting 70% of this person that's freaking phenomenal because I don't agree with 30% of it. Like that just doesn't make sense to me, right? Right. But truthfully, this is a great subject to go over because it's welcome week at most of the colleges this week. Oh. And next week is the first week of school. Yeah. And truthfully, college is the hardest part because you are away from your family in most cases and you're starting to develop who you are as a person. And there will be lots of things where you're going to do trial and error. And there's going to be lots of things where you're like, hmm, in there. Maybe I shouldn't go to this party because I have a test in the morning and I, I need to study. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard to be that person that just puts your foot down and focuses on the things that need to be done versus what everybody else wants you to do. Yeah. And not being afraid for me is taking back response. And I've taught this with clients as I've seen them and it's just like huge shift in empowerment. Cause when you start to realize that your emotional baseline is your responsibility, therefore you don't disappoint people. They choose to be disappointed. Right. And so if you're taking now responsibility for yourself and you can't show up to a party because where you can only like, I've had friends pop into parties like for 20 minutes and then have to leave. Am I disappointed? No, I'm, freaking excited to see them for that 20 minutes that they drove out of their way for such a short visit. Right. But mm -hmm. that's my choice is I choose not to be disappointed. I choose to experience the, the short amount of time and celebrate that. Right. So that's my emotional baseline that I'm choosing. But so if someone chooses to be disappointed and are needing to take care of ourselves, like one, is that a really good friend that you want to keep around? And then Two, I already have a bunch of responsibility in my life. I'm not taking responsibility for how you choose to feel, right? True. I mean, it's not your responsibility as to how other people feel, but it's also, it is your responsibility to communicate yep. what you need. Yep. That too. And people, I think we have to step back a lot of times and realize that if I'm this insecure and I have this, a lot of emotional issues myself as a human, like that's kind of normal. Right. And so I guarantee you other people feel the same way. And therefore, if I would like communication, like I do this with my kids, we were talking about last week is if something's going on, I tell them like outright, this has nothing to do with you. Mom has this going on right now and it's making me feel this way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know it's hard because maybe it wasn't always modeled for us. But as soon as we start doing that, people go, OK, it's not me. Right. And it's like this sigh of relief almost where they just they choose not to get offended anymore because you're 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 willing to be uncomfortable and communicate how you are actually feeling or what you are actually going through. Right. Correct. Absolutely. And the biggest challenge, which you just, you know, you know, hit the nail on the head 
people don't always know your boundaries. We want to assume yep. that everybody knows how we think and feel, especially those we've been around forever, whether it's our kids or our spouses or our best friends or whatever. But truth be told, you have to communicate your boundaries. You have to say, hey, this is what I need versus this is what I don't need. And there is no reason to say why. Yeah. You don't need an explanation for a boundary. Yeah. And I think too, when we are hurt or given that person the opportunity to say, you know what, I was offended by that choice. Right. And then they can communicate, well, I, I made this choice because I needed this and this. And you're like, oh, had nothing to even do with me. Right. Right. And so that opens to, up the conversation. Right. Right. And that comes down to another codependent trait, which is um, reactivity. Awesome. This is a huge reason why politics honestly exist. Mm -hmm. Because if your favorite color is blue and your favorite color is green, and I tell you that you're yeah. wrong because obviously green is the better color. That's not how it works. <laughs> we look at my office, we can have both. <laughs> it's green and blue in here. It's my favorite color. <laughs> even if you have a different opinion of someone else, that doesn't mean you're wrong or I'm wrong. It means that it's a matter of perspective. It yep. means it's how you're viewing the situation. And having that open understanding. And sometimes you may have to, quote, agree to disagree. Yeah, and that's fine, too. Like, what is, yeah, what are you making it mean about you? And why do you have to be right? Like, that's the thing I've had to step back. Why do I have to make this person know that I'm right? Mm -hmm. That's that's something I'm struggling with. So what's that trigger there? Like, what's the underlying thought that's causing that need, right? That, that's that ego that's telling oh, yeah. yourself, this is what I learned. This is how I, folk, how I function. So it's like self-preservation. It huh? for you. Yeah. It's not always the That is the basis of individuality right there, which is why it's absolutely imperative to tailor every single treatment plan or goal plan or whatever to the individual person. Oh, yeah, and what they're experiencing and then um, their belief mm -hmm. systems that they're working through, right? Right. Yeah. So let's kind of wrap this up again. How do people find you and what do you do, Emily? I'm a certified life coach with Celestial Mind Coaching. You can find me on psychologytoday.com or you can always give me a call or a text at 520-523-4181. And I'm available on Facebook as well. So if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback to our, our podcast, please let us know. Awesome. So all our, our, in our show notes, our, all our details are listed below as well. Um, I am Jamie with um, Confidence Coaching. We have a new course that has just come out online. It's a self-paced course that you can access 24-7 as often as you want. Um, and I think all of us kind of struggle with confidence in certain aspects of our life, so it can always be very beneficial. Um, Again, Emily's and my information is below in the show, show notes. Um, we have direct links so that you're able to work with one of us if that works for you in a life coaching container. Um, anything you want to end the podcast with, Emily? No, I just really, really stress that if anyone has any questions about boundaries or is interested in learning more about boundaries, there's a lot of documentation. There's also a really good book, uh, Boundaries by uh, Authors Cloud and Townsend. And it has a really good um, configuration and it separates things out by example. So that might be really helpful for anyone who's interested in some literature as well. Okay, to close the, the podcast today, um, I'm going to leave you guys with a note. I'm going to try to remember um, to be kind to yourself because after all, you're only human. 
Okay. Bye guys. Thanks for joining our podcast. Okay.